Well, good morning, everyone. Happy Super Bowl Sunday that actually means something. If you're under the age of 49 years old and you're a Chiefs fan, this, this day hasn't meant what it means in a long, long time in Kansas City for more than 50 years, but today is our day, man. Y'all look great out there in all your gear. To those of you in our video teaching service, good morning. Thanks for being with us today. Every Sunday we do video teaching at our church. We're one step closer to being back together as a congregation. We've got an incredible morning plan. Before we do that, as we step out of January and into February, let me say thank you to a few people. 50 new people at our church last month decided that they were going to begin volunteering this month at Journey. If you're one of those 50 people that said, it's my time now to get engaged and have an impact. Thank you for signing up. Follow through now. We're excited for you to serve at some point in your first time figuring out your role, your purpose at our church. And nearly 100 people decided to go from the 9.30 a.m. service and the 11 a.m. service to our Summit Lake services at 9 and 10.30 to make room for people in our community who need what's going on at Journey, but they're not yet here. And if people don't live on mission, there won't be a seat for them. So if you're one of those families that bumped out of that service here or in our video teaching services. Thank you for living on mission. It's the only way we will continue to reach people in our community that God is calling us to reach before we get our new building up. It's going to be a great day at Journey. Here's what's going to happen today. In just a few moments, we're going to end our service by taking the Lord's Supper together. It'll be the first time in 2020 as a church body that we take the Lord's Supper together. We're going to read about the original Lord's Supper in Exodus chapter 12. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Exodus chapter 12. Take your notes out of your bulletin so you can follow along or fire up that Journey Church International app. If you're watching online, you can click a button and fill out the sermon notes as we go along. We're gonna have baptisms, as you heard Pastor Mike talk about during the service and after the service. That means it's a win at church. Revelation 12 said the two things that defeat the devil are the blood of the lamb and the testimony of the saints, which means every time a Christian gets up and tells the world, here's who Jesus is in my life, we win spiritually. That's gonna happen today with 14 people, so we're so excited excited for that. It's one of our emphasis this year, actually, inside your bulletin, is this little card that says movement. The title of our Bible study today is Time to Move, and if it's your year to be baptized, folks, it's time to move. We are going to baptize every Sunday and every Wednesday in March. If you've been waiting to take this next step, I want to tell you, in 2020, it's your time to move. If you've not yet been baptized by immersion, after you have chosen to follow Jesus, it's your time to move. Pray about it. Think about it. This is going to be in the bulletin every Sunday in February, and then every Sunday in March, we're going to baptize. If it's your year to do that, let's get going on that. At noon today, we're going to email out our annual ministry report. We do that uh, at the end of January, the beginning of February. Basically, it's us celebrating what God has done in our church and through our church last year. So at noon today, be looking for that email and the stories of everything that God did in our church church, what you're giving, supported, and the impact that came out of that, um, and hopefully when we go to bed, the Kansas City Chiefs will be Super Bowl champions. Like, if, that, if all of that happens today, it'll be a great day. If everything but the last part happens, it'll, it'll be a good day, and we'll keep praying for next year, but it's going to be a good day at Journey regardless. Exodus chapter 12 is where we're hanging out, and here are the two goals today on what we call Vision Sunday, taking time to take a deep breath and say, okay, let's, let's get up from 3,000 feet. Let's get to the 30,000 feet level and remember who we are and why we're here. Here are two goals today. Number one, to learn how to live in a posture of spiritual purpose. I read several weeks ago, Exodus chapter 12, just in my daily quiet time, and I saw something that I had never seen before. And when I read through it and I began to study it a little deeper, it just stood out to me. It's like the words raised off the page about this, to, 
the posture of spiritual purpose that God wants us to live in. We know it's God's will for everyone who calls themselves a follower of Jesus to know God deeply. That's your purpose. To be transformed by God deeply from the inside out. That's your purpose. To discover who God created you to be, what God created you to do. That's your purpose. And then to do it, to make a difference, to make the difference God created you for. We know that's who God created you to be, and we want you to live in a posture moving towards those things. And then number two, we want to make sure we're pursuing our calling as a church. And we said this through our entire building project, that Difference Maker series. We said, really, if every Christian will do what every Christian is supposed to do, but we'll do it in the same direction, our church will fulfill the calling that God has given us. Those are our goals today on Vision Sunday, to just personally say, all right, God, what do you have for me in 2020? And then to really say this, if all of us do what God is calling us to do in 2020, here's, here's what our church will do. Not what our church should do. If every Christian will do what they are supposed to do. Here's what our church will do. That's what Vision Sunday is all about. Before we dig into Exodus chapter 12, uh, we always stop and just say a prayer, ask God to open our hearts, make this a supernatural experience, not just a classroom experience. So would you bow your heads with me here? And in our video teaching service, would you take a deep breath if you've not done that yet today or this week or maybe this year? Settle your heart for a minute and ask God to speak to you today. If you're a pray person, just whisper this prayer from your heart to heaven. Ask God to speak to you today. God, today, show us the posture of spiritual movement that we are created to live in. And God, show us the purpose of our spiritual mission as a church. Thanks for allowing us twice a year to just reflect on these things to make sure we are who you are calling us to be and we are doing what you are calling us to do. We love you. God, we ask all of these things in Jesus' name, and we ask that you also help Patrick Mahomes play his best game ever. In Jesus' name, amen. So Exodus chapter 12 is where we're gonna be. That's okay to do that, right? I promise you there's more churches in Kansas City praying for the Chiefs than there are in San Francisco praying for the 49ers. We need to pray for San Francisco next week. Um, Exodus chapter two. In Exodus chapter two, in Exodus chapter two, we meet a baby named Moses. 10 chapters later in Exodus chapter 12, he's 80. 80 years between Exodus chapter 2 and Exodus chapter 12. And Moses is now a leader of Israel, and he's gone to take the Israeli people, a group of nearly 2 million slaves in northern Egypt, and he's gone to tell Pharaoh, hey, God's ready for his people to go home. He's ready for his people to go home. God had invoked nine plagues on the Egyptian people at this point. He was getting ready to invoke the 10th. After the 10th, the people of Israel would finally go home. But in Exodus chapter 12, God said, here's what's going to happen as a result of this plague. And then here's how you're going to remember this night of rescue forever and ever and ever in Israel. That's what we step into in Exodus chapter 12. The 10th plague is coming, but the 10th plague will be a memorial for everyone who's connected to God, including us. It's why we'll take the Lord's Supper after our time together today. This event would be remembered in Israel as the Passover. And here's what we read in Exodus chapter one. We're gonna read verses one through 12. It says, the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, that was his older brother in Egypt, this month is to be for you the first month, the first month of your year. Tell the whole community of Israel that on the 10th of this month, each man is to take a lamb for his family, one for each household. If any household's too small for a whole lamb, they must share one with their nearest neighbor, having taken into account the number of people there are. You are to determine the amount of lamb needed in accordance with what each person will eat. The animals you choose must be year-old males without defect, and you may take them from the sheep or the goats. Take care of them 
until the 14th day of the month when all the members of the community of Israel must slaughter them at twilight. Then they are to take some of the blood and put it on the sides and tops of the door frames of the houses where they eat the lambs. That same night, they are to eat the meat roasted over the fire along with bitter herbs and bread made without yeast. Do not eat meat raw or boiled in water, but roast it over a fire with the head, legs, and internal organs. Do not leave any of it till morning. If some is left till morning, you must burn it. This is how you are to eat it. Watch this now. Never, I've never seen this like I saw it several weeks ago as I read it. This is how you are to eat it. With your cloak tucked into your belt, with your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. Eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. 1,500 years after this event happened in Exodus chapter 12, Jesus and his 12 disciples would be celebrating this moment, this meal, in an upper room in Jerusalem. I was there three days ago with 43 people from our church in the area of Jerusalem where they commemorated this. And Jesus would say, the meal is changing, but the mission of the meal is not. This meal is changing because this meal is a picture of me and what I am getting ready to do. But the mission of the meal is not changing. The mission of the meal is for a person and a people. The mission of the meal is for every person who wants to be connected to God, rescued by God, saved by God, directed by God. The mission of the meal for the person is the same. Anyone who wants to be connected to the God of Israel can eat this meal. And the meal for the people, any group who will say, God, we want to fulfill your purpose in our life. God, we want to pursue your mission in our life. Any people group who want to do that is invited to have this meal. We know this meal, not as Passover, but as the Lord's Supper. But it was a meal instituted 1,500 years before Jesus to a people that wanted to be connected with God and on mission for God. And Jesus says, the meal is the same. The meal's the same, but now the Redeemer is different. I've got a plan for your life. I've got a plan for you as a group of people. Our goals today are to ask the question, are we that person? Are we that person who desires to be connected to the God of heaven? To ask today, are we those people? Are we a people group who has decided to live our lives on mission following the God of Israel in order to learn those things? We need to look at two things in our life today that will serve kind of as gauges to where we are spiritually as individuals and where we are as a church. Number one, if we wanna be the person that is connected to God, we must live a life of spiritual movement. We must live a life of spiritual movement. I wanna show you a picture of the original Passover, and then I wanna contrast that with seasons in my life, maybe seasons in your life spiritually. Spiritual movement. In Exodus chapter 12, verse 11, I found this really interesting. I'd never seen this before. God said, you're gonna eat this, but this is how you're gonna eat the Passover. With your cloak tucked into your belt, with your sandals on your feet, with your staff in your hand, God said, don't get comfortable at the table because a meal with me means connection to me and a connection to me means movement after me. Connecting to God means getting ready to move spiritually. Now, so often, maybe not your life, but at times in my life, I've wanted to kick my shoes off at the table of God and just say, feed me. I've wanted to loosen my belt a little bit and say, just feed me a little more. I've wanted to lay my staff down and say, God, I would like right now not to have to fight any battles in my life. Just take care of me for a little bit. But God says, connecting to me is movement in your life. Don't get comfortable at the table. I will feed you. But the feeding is to get you ready to move. God made it clear to Israel 
their connection to him should be marked by movement. Tuck your shirt in your belt, put your shoes on, get your staff. It's almost time to go. God is going to feed you, but he's going to feed you for the sake of the movement he's asking of you in your life. God made that clear to Israel, but the New Testament makes it very, very clear to you and I, the New Testament church, that following Jesus is about movement. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, Paul's writing to the church at Corinth, and he's saying this, the Lord has assigned to each his task. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. Paul said, your life with Jesus is about growing up. Your life with Jesus is about moving. When you connect to God, God is a God who says, tuck in your shirt, put on your shoes, get your staff. It's time to move in your life. It's time to grow. You say, okay, Christian, it's Vision Sunday. What does that mean for us? You need to understand it's written on the wall in the hallway. The goal we have for every person engaged at Journey in 2020 is that you grow spiritually. It's one of our core beliefs. It's one of our core convictions. It is one of the things we will quit over. You say, what do you mean by that? If we can become convinced, no matter how many people sit in our church on a Sunday morning, that no one is growing spiritually, we will consider ourselves failures and we will go start over doing something else. Church is not worth doing for us if people don't grow spiritually. One service, prayer services, five services, 10 Christmas services, it's not worth it for the leaders at our church to do it if people aren't growing spiritually. It's our goal that you become someone different, you become someone new, you become someone better, that you are moving spiritually in your journey. We wanna pastor a church full of people who have their cloak tucked into their belt, their sandals on their feet, their staff in their hand, who are continually saying year after year, God, where do you want me to go now? God, where do you want me to go now? We cannot become a church that says, hey, pull up to the table. Take your shoes off. Loosen your belt. Am I the only one who loosens my belt every now and Like when I eat every now and then, like if I eat at a really good restaurant, I will loosen my belt. I've learned what jeans I can even untuck without them falling down. Every now and then you gotta loosen your belt. Too many people loosen their belt spiritually. And the church, their relationship with Jesus is all about feed me. And God says, hey, I I need you to move. I need you to go. I need you to grow. And we say, one more meal. Feed me. Feed me. Feed me. God says, no, I want people with their belt tight, their sandals on, their staff in their hand, ready to move. Don't get too comfortable at the table. You won't be there long. Let me ask you, is is this a picture of your spiritual posture? Are you always ready to move spiritually or are you in a feed me posture. Last summer, I began meeting with around 20 small group leaders at our church that we call small group coaches. We have about 100 small groups at our church. They will kick off this week, people ministering to, loving, caring about, talking about what's going on in the message, helping people in key areas of their life and in their growth and in their journey. And we began to talk, and all last fall, we met once a month, and we just said, are these small groups working? Are these small groups working? And then we began to say, well, how, how do we even answer that question? How do we know if they're working? And we said, what, okay, what, what would mean that they're failing? And as we got deeper into the fall, this consensus began with these 20 small group leaders at our church who were overseeing two or three small group leaders each. And they said, you know, what, the consensus is that if people aren't growing spiritually, these are not worth doing. It's not worth cleaning your house every week to host a bunch of people if nobody's growing spiritually. It's not worth getting the food ready 
every week if people are not growing spiritually. It's not worth leaving games early or leaving your house again on Sunday afternoon or Monday night. It's not worth getting up at 6 a.m. to come to a men's group. If people aren't growing spiritually, we don't really think this is worth it year after year after year after year. We said, well, what can, what can we do to make sure people are, are growing spiritually? We began in December to put together what we're calling a spiritual health assessment, something I'm really, really excited about because small groups start in our church this week and we have developed, Pastor Brandon has helped us develop a spiritual health assessment for the people of our church. Every small group this semester will have as their first small group meeting a spiritual health assessment where their people can literally flip through this, answer 25 questions, and at the end of the night, say, here's an area I need to grow spiritually. Here are some resources that will help me grow spiritually in that area. Here are some things I can do to grow spiritually in that area. And we have built in, if our groups are doing a good job, accountability of people helping each other to grow spiritually. Folks, if you are not moving spiritually, the Passover night was one night. God said, you're gonna eat and you're gonna move. And I wonder how many of us would wake up in the morning and say, like, what, like, what's for breakfast? Instead of beginning to move on the mission that God has called us to in 2020, we're asking every person in our church to choose an area of spiritual growth and to lean into it. There are hundreds you can choose from. There are literally hundreds of things you can do to take one baby step forward very intentionally to become more like Jesus, who he created you to be. Hundreds of areas. I'm gonna give you six that this spiritual health assessment spits out, just in case you're one of the 800, 900 adults in our church who's in small groups, you will, you'll know just by taking this assessment this week in your first small group, which is the area that you probably need to grow in the most. But if you're not in a small group, let me give you these six areas. Maybe these are areas that you need to take one step forward. And number one is worship. Maybe this year you need to grow in the area of worship. Do you know, according to people who are not engaged in church, one of the greatest forms of evangelism in the church is worship? Let me, let me paint it to you in a scenario. Here's what I mean by that. People who come to our church, who do not go to church and who are not Christians, who become Christians at our church, who become attracted to Jesus and respond to the gospel, often say something like this. I came to your church, I sat in the back. There are people like this today. The music came on, people were singing songs I didn't know, saying words I didn't know about things I didn't know, but I watched someone in front of me worshiping and I could tell they had something in them that I did not have in me and I knew I needed more. That's what you call worship evangelism. Some of you were doing that this morning and you didn't even know. Someone was watching you and they said, I don't know much about church, I don't know much about Jesus. I don't know any of the songs that they're singing and the drums are too loud, however, that person over there has got something in them that I don't have in me, and I want it. Question, if you were the focus of somebody's worship evangelism today, would they have made that connection? Would they have looked at you during the worship time and thought, they have something that I don't have? Or would they have said, okay, there's a lot of people like me who don't care, who aren't interested, who aren't singing. She's on her phone. He's got his arms crossed. Maybe there's nothing special going on here. If worship is an area that you need to move in, lean into it, take a step forward. Number two, prayer. Number two, prayer. We talked a lot about this in January. My hope for everyone in our church, maybe you're one of, maybe you're one of 10, maybe you're one of hundreds who came out of January saying, I'm gonna find a prayer place. I'm gonna have a prayer posture. 
I'm gonna start keeping a prayer journal. I'm gonna, get, I'm gonna begin to pray out loud. Maybe in 2019, you are not a person of prayer, and in 2020, you're becoming a person of prayer. If God's speaking to you in that area, continue to lean in, show up tomorrow at 6 a.m., continue to pray. Maybe number three, scripture is what God is calling you to. Maybe you're saying, I know I, I need to learn the scripture more. I need to read the Bible more. I need to be able to answer more questions. I don't know if you know this because we really haven't announced it yet. But right outside as you leave today, every week since the first Sunday of January, we have two daily Bible reading plans laying in the entry area for you. One that will let you read the New Testament entirely through in a year, in 365 days. One that will help you read the entire Bible through in 365 days. We've not marked these as January 1, February 2, March 3. We've just marked it as day one, day two, day three, day four. It may take you a 1,000 days to actually read 365, but if you do, you can read through the entire Bible. It might take you a 1,000 days to read 365 times, but if you do, you can read through the entire New Testament. We've put plans and resources in place. Maybe you can grab one of these because you've been thinking, "I, I really wanna start reading my Bible more. I don't know where to start. Pick up one of these plans. Begin on day one. Start checking the box every day. Find yourself in Scripture. It's the entire focus of our message next week. Next week, we start a series on the life of Hezekiah. The thing that made him special is he studied and obeyed the word of God. He studied it, he learned it, and then he did it. So we're gonna talk next week all about how to read your Bible, how to study it, how to obey it, how to apply it in your life. That's all next week. Maybe scripture is the step you need to take. Number four, maybe it's service. Maybe you need to finally begin serving. Probably the thing I'm most excited about in 2020, this fall we'll be implementing a new ministry called Growth Track in our church The thing I really am excited for in Growth Track is you've heard me say God's purpose is that you would know him, be transformed by him, discover your purpose, and then do it. I think there's a lot of people who say, I would would love to do what God created me to do. I just don't know what that is. And we're we're creating a four-track system, a four-class system that will meet during the church hour that will help you figure out who did God create you to be? How did God design you to lead? What gifts did God give you to use? Now here, if you are these people, Here are the 10 areas that you're supposed to serve in in the church and in the world. We think we can help you discover your purpose and design, and we think we can can help you do that through the Grow Track area. Maybe this is the year you need to take one step in service. Maybe this year you need to begin serving in our community. Maybe you need to serve on a global mission trip. We, the last two weeks with 43 of our people, saw some of the most unbelievable biblical, historical archaeological sites you could see as we walked in the footsteps of scripture and in the footsteps of Jesus. But one of the lasting memory for most of our people was meeting our ministry partners, hearing their stories, sitting in their church, worshiping with our friends, our Jewish Christian friends uh, in Haifa, taking communion, American Christians with our Israeli Christian friends. The thought of ministry happening all over the world. A lot of our people came away from Israel and they loved what they saw, but they loved even more who they were with. And they thought, man, it means a lot to serve the world and be a church that's engaged globally. Maybe for you, it's service. Maybe number five, it's stewardship. It's the area of giving. Maybe this is finally the year that you will begin tithing 10% instead of tipping whatever is left when the offering goes by. Maybe this is the year that you will learn to live in faith because you will fight to get to that building pledge number that you've made. And as you begin to take steps of faith, God will begin to reward you with steps of faithfulness that allow you to see him like you've never seen him before. Maybe number six, it's community. Community means relationships. Maybe it's time finally to make time to share your life with others. 
to help others with everything that you've been through in your experience and to let others help you with everything that they've been through in their experience, to stop living your life just for you and to carve out time to live in spiritual community with others. There are hundreds of spiritual steps you can take forward this year. But please don't kick your shoes off, loosen the belt and just sit at the table and say, feed me, feed me, feed me, move. God said, you're gonna connect to me like you've never connected to me before, but be ready to move. Shirt tucked in, shoes on your feet, staff in your hand, asking, where do we go now? God, where would you send me? God, what would you have me to do? God, what are my next steps? What do you have for me tomorrow? When we look at the New Testament, there's a really, really important note from the Apostle Peter that he gives to us in 2 Peter. And I want, you to, I want you to hear this closely because the Apostle Peter said that our faith is either gonna be increasing or it's gonna be ineffective, one or the other. Peter said, your faith, here's what 2020 is gonna be for you. In 2020, your faith will increase, it'll grow, it'll move, or it'll be ineffective. Now, you're a month in, January 2020. Would you say your faith was increasing or it was ineffective? Peter said your faith will either be increasing or it'll, or it'll be ineffective. Those are the two options you have. Look what he says in his letter to the people that he's writing to in 2 Peter. He said, God's divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. That's Jesus. For this very reason, we're gonna make every effort to add to our faith goodness and to add to our goodness, knowledge, and to add to our knowledge, self-control, and to add to our self-control, perseverance, and to add to our perseverance, godliness, and to add to our godliness, mutual affection, and to add to our mutual affection, love. For if we possess these qualities in increasing measure, we're growing. They will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. So Peter said, you have two choices in 2020 spiritually. You can grow or you can be totally unproductive. Your faith can increase, you can add to it, or it can be totally ineffective. So the big question that comes out of this message, Vision Sunday for us individually is this, will our 2020 faith be described as increasing or ineffective? Your movement will answer that question. Folks, if every January you are the same Christian person with the same Christian goals, with the same, you know, New Year's resolutions, what, you, what you're living is year after year of ineffective spirituality. Increasing or ineffective. Peter said you've got one of two choices. So choose an area today and lean into it. Our goal as a church is that every person who attends our church would grow because God says, when you connect to me, get ready to move. I'll always feed you at the table, but the purpose of the table is for the mission at hand. What has grabbed your heart today? You say, Christian, like, there's so many things. What, what do I need to do? Probably only one. And if you'll listen with your heart instead of your ears, God will tell you. What's grabbed your heart today? Hundreds of leaders in our church are reading the daily devotional, My Utmost Force Highest, this year. And in January, on January 29th this week, Oswald Chambers said this. I thought it was a phenomenal quote about trying to figure out what we're supposed to do in movement. He said, when God speaks to you directly, you cannot mistake the intimate insistence that's been spoken to your heart. You say, which area do I need to move in? The one God won't leave you alone in. The one that every time you hear it, God says, you're gonna grow there? You're gonna move there? You're gonna increase there? 
You're going to keep being unproductive there? You're going to be ineffective there? You say, how do I know? You should open your heart to God. God will make it very clear to you. It's the one that he's intimately insistent about. This needs to increase so you are not ineffective. It cannot be any clearer than that. Spiritual movement has to mark the individuals in our church this year. We have to have a posture of spiritual movement so that, number two, we can be a people on spiritual mission. We have to have a posture of spiritual movement so that we can be a people of spiritual movement. Because God's story is always crystal clear. His movement in the lives of his people was always, always, always for the mission of his heart in the world. His movement in the lives of his people, here's what I want from you, here's what I have for you, was always for the mission of his heart for the world. God said, I'm feeding you this Passover because here's who I need you to be for the rest of the world. It was with Israel in Exodus chapter 12. It was with the disciples at the Last Supper. And it's with you and me today. If you've come today to receive and to, and to eat, I hope you're being fed spiritually today. But God said, I feed people spiritually only to energize them for how I need to use them throughout the week. God's mission was always for his people. It was always for his heart for the world. And when we look at the New Testament, there are three things that kind of church history theology has coined the kind of the great, the great parts of God's mission. They're the great commandment, the great compassion, and the great commission. Let's look at God's great mission for you, for me, for his people. Number one, the great commandment. In Matthew chapter 22, verse 37, what is God's great mission? Well, it begins with a great commandment. And here is his great commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. God's heart for you is that you would love him with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. You say, what does God want me to do? What does God as a church want us to do in 2020? In 2020, love God in a greater way. In 2020, love God in a greater way. Whatever that means for you, one step forward. In 2020, love God in a greater way. Your spiritual health assessment. If you take this in your small group this week, will really help you determine the area you are furthest from God in the area you need to take one step forward in. It's a very simple, really, really good resource tool. I'm going through it right now with four of the men that I coach who are coaches. We're gonna work through this as a staff. All of our elders are gonna go through this because I want everyone in our church to take one step forward spiritually this year. Love God more in 2020. Number two, the great compassion. We find the great compassion in Matthew chapter 25, verses 31 through 46. I won't read the whole thing. It's a long text of scripture, but Jesus is talking about the end times. And he said, one of the pictures of the end times that you need to see is when we get to the end, there's gonna be a great separation of people who followed me versus those who didn't. And here's how you're gonna know who followed me. They always helped people who were hurting. They gave water to people who were thirsty. They gave clothes to people who were naked. They visited people who were sick and in prison. You're gonna know those who follow me by the way they helped others. The great compassion. In 2020, as a church, we have to serve others in a greater way. I'm really excited for you to see our annual ministry report that comes out at noon. One of the things you're gonna see is more than a thousand people serve this year 
outside in our community, nearly 70 ministry partners that were served in our community. We built our first international church building in 2019. We, we want to do more in 2020. and 2020, serve others in a greater way. That's the call of our church. And number three, the Great Commission. The Great Commandment. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. The Great Compassion. Find people who are hurting and help them in Jesus' name. And then finally, the Great Commission. Find people who don't know Jesus and tell them about him. In Matthew 28, 19 and 20, the last words Jesus says to his disciples in the gospel of Matthew, therefore go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And then here's his promise. And surely I'll be with you always till the very end of the age. What does the great commission look like in your life for every Christian? I believe every Christian ought to be discipling another Christian. I believe The foundation of the Great Commission is that every Christian would help another Christian understand the teachings of Jesus and understand how to walk with Jesus. That's a big part of the Great Commission. But another part of the Great Commission is doing whatever you can at this point in your life to reach someone who doesn't know Jesus. That can look a lot different for people in their different contexts. For our missionary friends that we were with this week, that looked for two or three years like just learning a new language so they could communicate to somebody who Jesus was. For others, that looks like serving someone who doesn't know Jesus. You know their heart right now is closed to the gospel, but they need help in your life so you can begin to serve someone who doesn't know Jesus so their heart might be open. For some of you, it might be changing the way you live so you look more like Jesus, so you attract people to Jesus. For some of you, it might mean going for the first time finally on an international mission trip or even maybe downtown to Kansas City to begin to serve. For some of you, it might look like moving just to Summit Lakes Middle School. I cannot tell you how grateful I am for those of you in here, for those of you who are watching in our video teaching service, who from time to time go to Summit Lakes Middle School because you realize our church is full. And listen, in in 18 months, two years, Lord willing, remember we ended the year with this building project. We've got this beautiful building that we want to build. If we lift off the roof, maybe in in 18 months, maybe we'll have this 1,200-seat auditorium so that we can all be together on Sunday mornings, this huge atrium area where we don't have to rush in and out and upgrade it and expanded children's ministry experience. That's great. But listen, that's not here yet. And we can't be a church that says, well, when we get that, we'll start doing the Great Commission again. Until then, we just don't have room for anyone else. Because I've asked the Lord, Lord, can we just pause the Great Commission part for like 18 months? Can we just, can we just not make room for more people? We'll build a building, but like until then, is it okay if we don't do the Great Commission? And I've not heard back a clear yes on that yet. And I don't think that I will. So for those who say, hey, I'll go go to 8 a.m. Some of you are 8 a.m. You hate waking up early, but you're at 8 a.m. because you're living the Great Commission. Some of you go to Summit Lakes. Some of you in our video teaching service are gonna go to Summit Lakes, not because you wanna sit in a metal chair, but because you believe in the Great Commission. And folks, the only way we do the Great Commission for the next 18 months until we have more room is we we just create it. We create it as part of reaching people. So in 2020, decide to reach others in a greater greater way, whatever that looks like for you. Choose to reach others in a greater way because our church's mission is simple. It hasn't changed. I don't believe it will change because we believe it comes straight from the heart of God through scripture. We exist to see people become really passionate Christians, to love Jesus passionately, and then to make a difference in the world. Last year, we saw that happen in incredible ways. The Summit Lakes Ministry Campus, we didn't even have that last year at this time. Now we have a full-blown church over there. 
the prayer movement that began at our church in August and continues every Monday morning, the revival in our student ministry, 13 more students saying yes to Jesus. And every week we keep having more hurting students in our community that need Jesus who continue to connect to our church. Our first international church building build. If our church goes away tomorrow, there's a church building in La Cedras, Guatemala that will stand because of you and how you live. Listen, Journey, we have to be a people on spiritual mission. We have to be a people on spiritual mission. It's who God's created us to be. It's who God has called us to be. It's who we will automatically become if we move. And every time we take the Lord's Supper, we're reminded to eat with shoes on our feet, our shirt tucked into our belt, our staff in our hand, because we're gonna eat for the purpose of moving. We're gonna close today by taking the Lord's Prayer. I wanna invite our ushers forward. I wanna invite our band to the stage. And as we think about our mission in 2020 as a church, here's the reality, it's, it's Jesus, it's always Jesus. It's to connect to Jesus in a more powerful way. It's to connect to Jesus in a more intimate way. It's always about Jesus. And as we take communion today, Journey, here's what I want you to remember. Here and in our video teaching service, as we take communion, here's what I want you to remember. It's, it's time to move. It's time to move spiritually. It's always been about God's mission for the world. And as we focus on Jesus today, we focus on a meal that is to sustain our movement spiritually. In just a moment, I'm going to ask Ken to start playing. I'm going to say a prayer. After I pray, I'll dismiss the ushers to pass the elements. We're going to wait till everyone has been served, and then we're going to take communion together as a church. In our video teaching service, our campus pastors will come up and lead us through our time of communion. But as you receive the elements, they'll be in a little two-in-one cup, a uh, little two-in-one cup. The wafer, you'll be able to peel back and take the wafer, symbolizing God's body first. The second portion will be the juice representing the blood of Jesus. Second, as you just kind of hold the elements in your hand in a state of prayer, here's what I want you to focus on today. Two things. Where do you need to move spiritually? What intimate insistence that when you heard it today is like a voice from heaven came and said, That's one for, that one's from you. What area do you need to lean into, take one step forward in? As you hold the communion elements, just think about that. And just say, God, I really believe this is the area you're asking for more for me from. Help me here. And then number two, are you living on mission? Are you living on mission? Which one of the greats is only good in your life? The great commandment, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Are you great there or just good there? The great compassion, see needs, meet needs. Are you great there or are you only good there? The great commission. Help people know Jesus more passionately. Help those who don't know him know him a little bit. Are you great there or are you just good there? If you're not even good in those areas, choose one. Say this one in 2020 is where I need to move to accomplish the mission of Jesus in our church. I'm gonna pray. Ken's gonna begin to lead us after I say amen. Our ushers will pass the elements. We pray with me here in our video teaching service. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Father, thank you. Lord, for the picture of the Passover in Exodus chapter 12. I'd never really seen it before. But God, it was so obvious as I read it this year. Here's how you're to eat this meal. Your cloak tucked in your belt, your sandals on your feet, your staff in your hand. You're going to eat and then you're going to move. 
Lord, forgive us for the seasons of our life where we feel like church is a buffet table and we loosen our belt and we kick off our shoes and we lay down our staff and we make it all about us. Help us today to put our shoes back on, to tighten the belt, to grab our staff, to enjoy our moment with Jesus, but to understand these moments are about movement because our movement is the mission. Show us where we need to move. Show us where we need to be more on mission. We give you this time together. In Jesus' name, amen. Our ushers are gonna distribute the elements while Ken just sings quietly and then we'll all take them together in just a moment. Death could not hold you, tore before you silence the boast of sin and grace. Heaven's our own, praise of your glory, for you are to life again, and you have no Before we remember today the blood and the body of Jesus, let's focus on our posture and the purpose of our lives. Are your shoes on? Is your cloak tucked into your belt? Do you have your staff in hand? Are you ready to move? After this moment with Jesus, are you ready to move?
That's what God's calling us to. So let's move together. Jesus told us that the bread, the wafer, the unleavened bread that we would eat, it's always paper thin and unleavened because Jesus says, I'm going to move so quickly in your life. Bread won't even have time to rise. That's how quickly I want to move in your life. You don't even have time for the bread to set. So don't put any yeast in. It's going to be real thin. Jesus said this wafer would symbolize his body broken for us so that our spirit, which was born broken, could be made whole. Today, we recognize the great exchange that Jesus offers us, his perfect body broken so that our imperfect broken spirit could be made whole. That's what we thank Jesus for. But let's use that wholeness. Let's use it to live on mission for him. Jesus, we thank you for your body broken for us so that our spirit broken by sin, broken by the world, could be made whole so that our lives could be lived on mission for you. We recognize Jesus. We recognize what he did for us. And Lord, with our shoes on our feet, our shirt tucked into our belt, our staff in our hand, we say thank you. And we say yes to your call in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. You may partake. Jesus told us that his blood symbolized by the juice would cover our sin and it would cleanse our past. But he said the very thing that makes us alive spiritually would also set us on mission spiritually because the blood of Jesus changes everything and is needed by everyone. As we accept his forgiveness today, let's also accept his call and his mission, his great commandment, his great compassion, his great commission to love him more this year, to serve others more this year, to reach more this year. That's what his blood has done for us. Let's use our lives to do that for others. God, we recognize the cleansing, atoning, covering power of your blood. We know, Lord, that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. So we thank you for your life given for us on the cross. And we ask in this moment, as we accept your forgiveness, let us also accept your mission, your great mission for our life, to love you more, to serve others better, to reach others who need you. Let us be committed to those things and let the forgiveness and the power that your blood brings, Lord, give direction and purpose to our life. We partake of this in Jesus' name, amen. You may partake of the juice. Jesus, thank you for your love and your calling for our lives. God, help us to grow in 2020. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. If God's already spoken to you, even this morning, about an area in your life where you need to take a step forward, just acknowledge it in prayer. Just tell him, God, here's, here's where I think you're speaking to me and lean into it. If you don't know, go to small group this week and take the spiritual health assessment grow. Make sure 2020 is characterized by increasing, not by ineffectiveness. God, help us to live on mission. If there's only one of the three areas of God's great mission, his commandment, his compassion, his commission, that's only good in your life right now or not even good, would you ask God to help you grow there, to care there?
God, help us to be a church that eats with our sandals on our feet, our cloaks tucked into our belt, our staffs in our hand, ready to move wherever and whenever you will call us. That is our prayer as individuals and as a church. And God, we ask these things today in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen.